This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hi there. Welcome to the Black Magic Podcast, where we celebrate the achievements, beauty, power and resilience of British black women. This is the second season of the podcast series. I hope you'll love listening and learning the life stories of ordinary British black women, extraordinary women, who inspire us with their brilliance and resilience personally and professionally. Our guests come from a range of industries, genres and generations. They will motivate, educate and inspire you. That's the magic. I'm your host, Anika Allen, and I'm excited that you've joined us to witness black girl magic in motion. Get ready to hear from women like singer Terry Walker, entrepreneur and activist Kalechi Okafor, presenter Ria Hebden and Priscilla from Love Island, plus many more. Some you already know of and some you'll hear about here. Growing up, I wanted to read books, watch blockbuster films and see television shows like Sex and the City about happy black women just living, falling in love, killing it in their careers, building businesses and loving their lives in a world that loved them back. Not seeing this used to frustrate me immensely when I was younger, but I eventually realised that us black women, we don't have to sit by idly waiting to be noticed, which is why Kojo Nim and I started the Black Magic Awards, to honour and celebrate black talent for their successes. And this podcast is a platform to keep the love going and to continue to hear more of those phenomenal stories. This is a space where black women can be passionate, speak their truth, have fun and be unapologetically black. In each episode, I talk to a guest about the challenges that they've overcome and their successes, providing the lowdown during lockdown. Hopefully something in their journey gives you a spark for your own magic. And today I'm going to be speaking to the lovely and talented Siobhan Copland, who's a relationship coach and matchmaker, which I'm sure all of you that are single and on lockdown right now want to know, how do I date in quarantine? Like, I know I want to find out these answers for you guys. I'm not single, so luckily I have a quarantine bay. But um, for those of you that don't, Siobhan's going to give us the answers. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try. (laughs) How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Oh, I'm a bit croaky, (laughs) clearly, this morning. (laughs) It takes me a while to get into my voice for the day. (laughs) That's all good. I think we're all starting like day like that these days. (laughs) So tell us, how um, <laughs> how did you become a matchmaker? Um, yeah, so it's going back, I think where it started was through doing singles events. So that's going back to like 2009. Mm. Um, I returned from living in Dubai for a few years. And Kojo actually um, contacted me and asked me if I want to do some work with him, um, helping to kind of run the comedy events he was doing on the Sunday at Corks. And um, we noticed that a lot of different men and women were there and they're kind of like, you know, the same faces a lot of the time you'd see mm. most weeks. And you could see that, you know, they'd make a real effort with themselves. And yeah. you could kind of see that people wanted to talk to each other, but nobody was really, you know, m- moving to each other in a sense. They're <laughs> um, all shy. And, yeah. And we had like a game where it was about like this sort of like blind date show that we're well not blind date because you saw people's faces, but I was asked to go out to the audience and say, do you want to be part of this dating show? And then would grab three people from the audience who they might like the look of with the idea of trying to get um, them a date at the end of it. Okay. So, 
actually I got myself a boyfriend through doing that nice. not meaning to yeah that was quite <laughs> funny that ended up being like a, a three-year relationship from basically picking someone to, to take part and he was refusing to be set up with anybody else he was insisting that he goes on a date with me and I was like no 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 that that can't work I'm part of the team um <laughs> but he was just like look give me your number and I'll text you when I'm free to go on a date with a person who I had to be picked to go on a date with or whatever. And I was just like, oh, okay. And then he was persistent. And so, yeah, then we ended up dating for a few years. So that was interesting. But, um, <laughs> um, but Kojo actually said to me, why don't I go ahead and try and do a speed dating event and um, for, for, for that same audience. And so I did. And after the first one, people kept asking, you know, when's the next one? When's the next one? Mm. So I just kind of just kept running them every month. And then, you know, what, six months down the line, suddenly I've got a database of 300 single people and not all that have met each other. So I kind of came up with the idea of, oh, you know, what about those who didn't make it to the same event, trying to get them to both come to the same event? It's going to be a lot of work. One, I just say, look, I've met you, I've met you, I've got your details, got your details. Shall I just put you in touch with this person? Mm. Um, so I just emailed everybody and said, would you like me to set you up on a one-on-one date? And I got a really good response from it. And actually, the first uh, two people that I set up on a one-on-one date ended up getting engaged after, I think, less than six months. Amazing. So, that's like, that's, that just shows the skills and the eye you have for setting up good couples. Yeah, I think I just sort of have a bit of a, you know, I don't think you can go to university to learn kind of like, you know, people skills. And I think that I'm just very interested in people. I've always been very interested in people and um, just kind of always been a sort of connector, you know, like it's whether it's saying, oh, I know someone that's looking for a flatmate. Oh, look, I know someone who's looking. She, you'd get on with her, like move in together and then they become the best of friends. And I've done things like that. And the same with like, you know, just even like, oh, you're setting up a business. Oh, you're setting up a business. Or, you know, you've got a mutual interest put you together so I'm always about connecting people that's definitely always been something that I've naturally done and really enjoyed doing mm. um and even now you know the the way that I connect people isn't limited to dating but it's definitely become the predominant thing that I do yeah um but yeah I was working still full-time when I was doing it like a hobby and then I got made redundant so I had an option to either go and find another office job or just become a full-time Cupid. Um, and I was actually advised by the directors that were firing me essentially to go mm -hmm. ahead and just do it as a business. And I just took the leap and did it then. So that was going back seven years now. See, and I guess it's, um, you know, from Kojo to the directors of, um, road employer like everybody was pushing you in that direction they could all see that this was your calling and your purpose and so yeah. it's great that you then finally took the leap to do it full time and so what's been the biggest challenge kind of running your own kind of business and dating agency full time mm. yeah good question um I think one of the biggest challenges has been um the pressure I think that I put on myself to make the perfect match because actually you know as much as my intentions are well intended all the time it's i'm only limited to like how many people i can actually meet you mm. know 
I don't know the entire population, see, the entire population of singles. Yeah. Everybody expects that I've got this like chest of all the best singles, like I'm stashed away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but actually it's, it's limited to how many people I know and not, and sometimes I don't always have a match for somebody, you know, and I would love to help everybody. But sometimes I think what I did in the beginning was sort of take people on and, and sort of, you know, say, say, you know, yeah, I'm going to find you people, but then I wouldn't be able to find them someone in like a month. And suddenly I'm having like a major meltdown. Like I haven't found this person a match. And I take on that huge responsibility for finding that person their match. Whereas when I started to introduce the coaching aspect in, it was like, took the pressure off because I was like, okay, I am going to be looking for you. But while I, while I'm looking, there's no harm in you still kind of having some onus on this process as well of meeting mm. someone. Yeah. You know, um, and that's kind of given, given people that power back as well, because I feel it's a bit disempowering as well to say to somebody, okay, nothing you've done to work. I'm going to have to find them. You're not going to find anybody yourself. You mm. know, I don't want anybody to feel like that. And that's the reason why they're using a matchmaker. It's a resource but it's not the only way. Yeah, no, I completely know. agree. Who do you find it easier to work with, men or women? I'm going to be honest, I do find it easier to work with men. <laughs> Why is that? I love women. I'm a, I'm a girl's girl, you know, but I do find that it's very difficult to manage the women's expectations in my experience. Mm -hmm. um, there's been this kind of idea of, particularly because the women that I work with are very career focused and very accomplished and they're, they're earning really well. Um, so once I get to that point, they tend to be very much attracted to director type personalities and the men that are the real power players. Mm. So a lot of the time they've maybe even had a bit of a fling with like a senior guy at work and they suddenly feel like that's going to transcend into what I'm going to then find them the equivalent in this process. Yeah. And I have to kind of check in with them and say, look, okay, I've worked with women that are even billionaires well one billionaire and I've worked with others at millionaires and I had to break it down like she started the billionaire one for example started off with saying she needs a man that's worth at least like I think it was like 250 million or something ridiculous <laughs> um and I was just like okay let's just take a range of here I'm gonna have to and I was nervous to really put her in her place right because she's a big power player woman mm. and she's older than me and she's fierce like I was like how am I gonna tell this woman that she's looking for the wrong things and that while she's paid me the money, I am not about to go and hunt high and low for a man that's worth 250 million because that yeah. is not what she needs. And it's also, I guess it's, um, I'm looking forward to kind of hearing what you said to her, but just hearing you say that, it's uh, you know, like clearly it hasn't worked her trying to find men like that in the first place, if that's what she's saying she wanted. So it's yeah. also thinking about actually what are your values and actually what will complement you? Because it's not to say if you're both high powered, then you're even going to see each other if you're both working a lot. Are you, you know, yeah. I think it's fine. Exactly. So what did you say to her? Yeah. So what I kind of said to her was, look, you've got all the money that you could never spend. <laughs> so... <laughs> what do you need a man with money for? Mm. You know? Mm. And she was like, well, because, you know, I don't want to end up having to pay for everything. And that's always the same thing, you know? 
Mm. I w- I've got a certain lifestyle and I want to be able to maintain, you know, and it's that fear as well that a man's just going to want them for the money and not really want them. Yeah. And I was like, what you actually need, what is actually missing from your life? Because it's not money. Mm. And that's when we got a bit delved a bit deeper because it was like, actually, what I'm missing is the romance, the affection, the laughter. Okay. So if I find you a man that can give you all of that, what's missing from your life, can you do without the money? Because mm. you got that part covered. And then it was like, yeah, actually I can. Mm. Um, and I did introduce her to a guy who was, you know, financially stable, but he certainly wasn't any millionaire. Mm. Um, he was just working as a trader, you know, earning decent money. But, um, and actually she really fell for this guy straight away because he brought fun, he brought laughter, he brought, you know, he, he wasn't intimidated by her. He's very comfortable. And I think that's what, that's what it is, is a lot of the time they think that confidence comes with the amount of money a man earns, but it doesn't. A man can be very confident with a lot less, yeah? Mm. And I think that's, that is really where a lot of the time they're getting misguided because they think that, you know, a man that's not got that money is not going to have that confidence. But it's, that's what they're attracted to, essentially. And these power players, they have that level of confidence. And that's really what they're attracted to. It's not actually about the money. Yeah. But a lot of the time, they go in with this kind of got to be earning. Duh, 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 duh. And that's what I have to get past a lot of the time. As well as him being super hot and all the rest of it. So um, <laughs> it can be challenging. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't want to be in your position having all that pressure to find people with a perfect match. And things. Oh. Although I have set friends up and stuff. Yeah, you, um, you've done, to be honest, you've probably done maybe maybe more matches than me, to be honest, because <laughs> I know you've told me how, the amount of weddings and stuff that you've managed to, um, <laughs> you know, people that have got married and stuff. I'm very impressed. I've said to you many a times, I think you'd be a fantastic matchmaker. You are practically a matchmaker, just not professionally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, de- yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to do it professionally. I'm more of, if I think a couple would be good together, like yeah. um, then I'll be like, oh, maybe I'll make an introduction. But I don't yeah. like, because I have friends asking me, don't you know any single people? And, and I just, I'm like, mm. if, if along the way, I'm, you know, one of my friends and then there's somebody else, I'm like, it sparks something. And I'm like, actually, those two would be yeah. together. Then I'll make it happen. And I always yeah. give disclaimers. If it doesn't work out, don't come back to me. Don't, don't come blame, back to me and don't, blame Don't me. blame yeah, me. Exactly. <laughs> what are the things that you look for then when you're kind of like, you know, thinking that two people might be good together? Um, well, I look at, um, I look at, you know, one, what they've said they're attracted to physically. Mm. Um, just so, you know, you, you might not get everything, but, you know, like if you're a tall girl, then generally you're probably going to want a tall guy kind of thing. I'm not going to say you're with somebody short kind of thing and stuff. Yeah. Personality wise, I think about, you know, like, will they match? Because sometimes people think, you know, they want someone the same as them, but actually sometimes mm. yin and yang works better, I find. Like, That's you know, right. like if, you're, yeah. if you're kind of like, um, very kind of spontaneous and you know like to go and just do go forward like a, a hundred miles an hour sometimes you need mm. someone that's kind of a bit more relaxed and easy going to kind of yeah. pull you in and sometimes that person that's relaxed needs someone that can kind of say let's go and do this yeah yeah yeah, yeah also, no, it's right definitely looking if their values match up because i always find if yeah. you you know if you a smoker and the other person's got asthma it's like mm. why are you two even why are you two even bothering being <laughs> together like this person can mess up your health if they're not like, but <laughs> they're not saying that, you did match up a couple when i remember you telling me where he wouldn't date her because she was a smoker 
Yeah, but, but they've that, still got together. But they didn't have any health issues. Health issues. No. That's one thing. And, I, and she wasn't. A, and she wasn't a consistent smoker. She was, social um, smoker. was a social yeah. smoker. So I was like, I was like, listen, she's a social smoker. At least give it a chance. And then they ended yeah. up getting yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is she still socially smoking now? Do you know? Or did she give it up for? I'm not, not saying. Him, but just I'm, not, I'm not saying because just just in case. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to cause any relationship problems no, in no. this podcast. We definitely don't. It's not, not what at I all. Not at all. <laughs> but at the moment, you know, we're in lockdown. It's quarantine, and a lot of people that are single are finding it tough. You know, because if you're yeah. at home and you know if you're at home and you've got a partner or a boyfriend, then. Not saying things are going to be plain sailing because you having to spend twenty four hours with somebody mm. that you don't normally spend twenty four hours with because you're <laughs> then that has its challenges. Some, that has itself, its challenges yeah. exactly. <laughs> but ultimately, if you're single and you're wanting to date during this quarantine, mm. it's like what are the you know what are the things that singletons should be doing to make the most of this time? Yeah. So I mean, do you know what I think as well? I'm going to say something a bit controversial here, but. The automatic thing is to jump on like finding new people right and to go the whole online dating thing and da, 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 da. and that's an option but i feel like most people have actually got someone that they already know that could yeah. potentially be a good relationship prospect for them yeah i, I agree i agree because my um my partner i'd known him for about 10 years before he and i yeah. got together and things so i think if people looked in their you know their phones and their little black books you know they could think, yeah. find someone that was like ah. Oh, I remember that person. I wonder if they're yeah. still single. <laughs> yeah, because I think it's actually it's actually going to be easier in a sense to kind of try to work on in a relationship that's already kind of started somewhere. You know, like you have a bit of knowledge about this person, a bit of knowing about that person. Mm. Whereas when you are going into the sort of online dating hemisphere, it's all totally new territory yeah. and it's kind of hard to hold somebody's attention in that space. Mm. But I feel like if there's somebody that you already know, if you really think long and hard, is there someone that you've known that you just, the timing maybe wasn't right before, um, circumstances might not have been right before. Um, if there's someone that you know like that, but you actually felt like there was an attraction there, there was some, there's something about them, mm. I would say now might be the time to just reestablish that connection. Mm. Um, because you know people have got more time now to, to to actually build on a connection and also I guess if you've got maybe like friends that have maybe they they might know potential prospects that you know in right. their network as well and at least then exactly. you've got that connection that way that's a really valid point because that's the thing it's about your what what am I what is my social situation right now mm. your social situation means that you can't go out and meet new people in a social setting yeah? yeah but you have a social situation which is your group of contacts yeah so you've got your bona fide brethren that are your tight people yeah mm. they should be the first ones that kind of know that you're sitting there thinking about the fact that you're single and you'd be open to you'd be really open right now so whereas before you might not have been kind of you might have been a bit fussy right now you're just kind of like you know what if you know somebody, I trust you to make that introduction, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe we can do that introduction over a fun little, um, house party thing online, mm. you know, maybe we can do a little quiz night. Just, you know, these people like no pressure, but yeah. let's just see how the dynamics work with a bit of a chat and a bit of a laugh. 
in the context of that person being around, right? Yeah. I feel like that would be a really good way to explore whether yeah. or not you like someone. I think that's good. To, that's a good way too, because um, I think that if you, um, you know, that's something that you could be doing as well, like having like literally online dating parties kind of thing and stuff. Yeah. But you know, in the disguise of like a quiz night or you know, like something else and stuff, or yeah. you know, karaoke. I don't know, just something like you know, you get all all the single tens yeah. together on Zoom and stuff, and be having conversations, tell them to get their drinks and stuff, and then you know, exactly, you never know. And if it's coming from different, you know, if you say different friends invite people then um exactly tell a friend to tell a friend you know exactly. get them on get them everybody on just let's let's, let's see let's, let's see who my people know like outside of me you know mm. because a lot of the time we've all got friends that but we haven't always got like we've got different groups of friends you know what i mean mm. i'm sure you and i are the same we've got you know you've got your netball friends you've got your business but you've got this friend that friend that friend you know you've got different mm. groups exactly and it's not often that those all of those groups actually come together mm you know even when it's birthdays and stuff some of us end up having three or four different birthday celebrations with different groups but right now you could jump on zoom and have a hundred people all in the same thing in the same room at the same time and go yeah here's my friend so i think that's an amazing opportunity in itself Mm, because then you can go in the private chats as well on zoom and just be messaging people individually if you see somebody in there that you you like to your friend yeah you could be like, oh, I like the look of that guy that was on thing earlier. Like, tell me more about him, you know. And then that way, your friend's not got that pressure where your friend is literally trying to play matchmaker. I'm just providing mm. an opportunity for you to see what's there, like, you know. Mm. Um, and I think that's, I think personally, like, what I like about the matchmaking thing is that it's obviously, it's being, it's, it's being introduced by somebody that you mutually know, in a sense. Yeah. And I think that's a really nice way of meeting somebody. If you can meet someone through someone you know, it's a much more trusted way of meeting someone than just straight off the bat, random, off of an app. Yeah. You know, I think that we don't need to... If we just take away, like, go back 10 years before we had these apps, Mm. what were we doing? Like, what were the options, you know? And I think we need to almost go back to the old school and say, you know what, we don't actually need the apps. I've actually... I know people like and as I said it it might be somebody through a a mutual friend or it might be that yeah you've met someone before but you didn't give it a chance so maybe Mm. now is the time to say do you know what I've been I've been thinking during this period I've been thinking about you know the the, the fact that I kind of want to connect with somebody I've not really put much of a focus on on this for a while because I've been so occupied with work and stuff but you know what when I met you I thought you you I was really intrigued by you and um you know I don't know how you feel about it but I'd like to continue picking up where we left off until you get to know you Mm. I think women need to be brave enough to take that actual first step though because I think some women um you know they want the man to make the first move and you know so they're at home waiting 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 and they might have you know that person in their head but they're not going to take that step to re-establish yeah. the relationship and I think that's a really strong point because that is another thing that I find that there is this kind of it's a little bit of a confusing situation for the men as well because they're kind of like okay I want the clear signal mm. and then the women are like I want the man to make the move but they don't want to make the clear signal for yeah. the man to make the move and it's like they just expect him to be some telepathic mind reader 
that's going to know that like do you know what I mean so it's like you have to put yourself out there it's not chasing a man to um to just put just put it out there right it's not chasing it's it's actually just giving that clear signal like I'm actually interested in you exactly right this is what this is all the guys want to that's all the guys want to know like are you interested in me or not it's that simple Exactly. If you take the first step, then you then you leave the man to do the rest. But at least yeah. take the first initial step. That's it. Take the first step. And uh, you know, in my experience, I have never got into a relationship by a man coming over and talking to me first. In every situation that I've ever ended up in in a relationship sense, I've always been the one to break the ice. My first ever relationship, um, it wasn't me. It was my friend that bowled up to him, but it still wasn't him. Um, <laughs> I think that the, the second one. Obviously, I approached him. Actually, that was the second serious one um, was for, for work. But I talked to him because he was shy as anything. <laughs> so it was about me just like, you know, talking. It wasn't like chatting him up, just, just making that friendly conversation. Um, the third relationship was actually uh, the, the, the one where the Kojo's blind date show. <laughs> and the, the fourth one is the one that I'm with now, hopefully the last one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was Amen. that was based on a friendship, friendly, friendly chat. And I don't know who started to talk first, but definitely it wasn't a case of he walked up to me and chatted me up someplace. You know, it was knowing each other for like six years or so before anything romantic happened. But it certainly would never happen where a man just turned around and goes, "Hey, how are you doing?" You know, can I get your number? <laughs> no, it's never happened like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I think back, the first two relationships I was in, the first one. Um, I was working for um, a mobile phone company and he came into the shop to, um, I guess, inquire about getting a mobile phone. I waved <laughs> to him. I was like, come back, come here. And he was like, is everything all right? Mm. And I was like, um, I was just wondering if I could get a copy of your mobile number that's on this, on, um, on the contract and give you a call. And he was like, and he started laughing. Love it. And he was like, yeah, I'd love that actually. Can I take your number as well? And then that's how we, we ended up oh. getting together. And then the second one. Love it was he actually mentioned to my friend, asked my friend if I was single. And my friend said to him, mm. she's being overprotective because he was a bit older. And she said, she is single, but I'm not letting you talk to her. And then, and I'd saw them getting into like a bit of a kind of like argument. And they're like, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, hey, what's going on? And she said, nothing. And I was like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, he's interested in you. But I told him no. And I was like, oh, oh hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, much I'll answer that question you don't need to speak on my behalf <laughs> basically <laughs> but so yes obviously that's great tip to kind of think about who's in your network and who you could probably approach that way but for the people that are like actually I don't want to go back to any old uh, old things yeah. I just want some new stuff <laughs> like I know you know they've joined Hinge they've joined Armini yeah. Match you know all the, all those kind of dating websites and in their house swiping and messaging and stuff yeah. you know I guess what tips can you give for those people mm. So I think definitely, um, you know, because, because it is on an app and it's very fast paced, you really do need to like really stand out from the get go. Right. You, and it's all going to be based on the visuals. So that's, what's going to help. That's what's going to attract somebody to you on that environment. It's not going to be about your personality or the fact that you're really nice and bubbly and you're really smart or anything like that. Mm. It literally is. Do you look good? Let's just be real, you know? So make sure your photos are tip top, you know, don't be putting any old sloppy photo on there. Ask your friends, you know, what do you think of this photo? How do, you, how do I look in this photo? Show a few photos. Get your friend's honest opinion of what, 
you know, which photos you look best in. Because sometimes you can, what you think looks good doesn't look good to other people, mm. you know? So I think definitely get a second opinion on that before you go stick your photos up. Um, and make sure as well that you don't put photos with all your friends in it so people can't <laughs> even fathom out which, which one, one is you. Do you know what I mean? Fair enough. Deeper in the photo, show that you've got friends. That's always a good thing. But <laughs> don't lead with a group pic. You know, it's got to be you. And if you haven't got a picture um, that's good enough, you know, set your phone on timer, stand back, get the angles right, do yourself up a little bit, make the effort, you know, because you have to have a good photo. That goes without saying. Um, and men too, like even men are terrible with photos and men also need to make an effort because women are also we always say men are visual, but women now are becoming more and more visual as well. Mm. So it's just as important for guys as it is for women. And I think say a little bit, something about yourself. Don't say, Oh, don't contact me. If you're this, 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 I can't stand it when I see profiles like that, where people are like <laughs> listing everything they're not looking for. Like you're just giving that impression that you're just negative from the get go. Like talk about what you want, right? Because we know the whole law of attraction thing. If you're putting what you don't want, guess what? You're going to keep getting more of that. So mm. leave that out. Don't even put what you want. Just say what, who you are, because knowing who you are, that's going to attract somebody who's, who's like-minded in that sense. Yeah. So you don't need to write it out. Like it's a shopping list that you're looking for a man or a woman. It's not a shopping list. It's about a connection. So you need to just write a little something about yourself that allows a person to be able to connect with you. It allows them to, in that introductory message, say something about you that stood out to them. Mm. And, and if you are the one sending the first message, then do mention something that stood out to you about that person's profile. Not just a, hey, how are you? Just be a bit more original, you know? Because that person, especially if they're attractive, they're going to be getting 100, hey, how are you? And they're just tired of answering that same question. Oh, fine. Like, how many other explanations can you give to that question? But if you are something like, Oh, it's interesting that um that, that third pick, I was just wondering whereabouts that picture was taken. You know, that's a question. It's inviting somebody to engage in a conversation with you. Mm. Um, you could even say something like, you know, whatever it is they've written, oh, I've noticed that you're interested in, in um, sports, so what team do you support? Or whatever, you know, just something that shows that you're a little bit interested in that person, just getting to know some more details about them. But I would also say, Avoid getting into too much of a texting exchange conversation um, because ultimately you need to actually speak and face each other. So give that person a call. And then after that phone call, if that went well, say, you know what, how about we video chat next time? In fact, how about we do a video date mm. and set a time and a place? Well, not a place because it's at home, but um, <laughs> set, set a time where that's going to take place and prepare for it make sure that you actually again set your angles up get the angles right um make sure you look good and you're confident that's that's the most that you can do right now right because right now it is about that communication it is about being consistent with it as well so if you like them you spoke to them don't leave it another week before you contact them again contact them the next day so um you've spoken to you know you've messaged you've spoken on the phone and now you arranged a video date and things. Yeah. You set up the right angle, you're looking good. How can you make the perfect video date happen? What should people be thinking about doing on these video dates? So yeah, I think that it's really important to create the right kind of atmosphere as best as you can, right? So um, whether that is maybe you're playing a little bit of music in the background, 
I mean, playing that little bit of music in the background is actually quite nice because that person may feel they like that music. Like if you know that, that person also likes R&B, right? Are you mm. going to start playing some slow jams in the background? What would it be like if that person came over to your place? You know, what kind of vibe are you going to be setting there? So mm. music is a big one. I think music really connects people. So I would say to be, to, to, you know, obviously you don't want it blaring in the background, but just a little bit of background music just so they can pick up on the kind of tunes that you like to listen to. Mm. Um, I would also say make sure that you are, at the same time though, in a fairly quiet place in the sense of there's not your family members all huddling about in the background, keep going past and talking to you or getting distracted, you know, make sure that you're in a, a room where you can, you can continue to focus on that person and you're not getting distracted. Yeah. Um, and also just allowing yourself enough time. So say to yourself, okay, I want to make sure that this call is like half an hour. And in that half an hour, I'm not going to do anything else. Like I'm not going to have anybody else, you know, any meetings, books, and make sure it's time when you're relaxed as well. I would definitely say you could do a lunch break date. It doesn't have to be in the evening. Mm. You could literally say, you know, I'm taking my lunch tomorrow at such and such time. What time will you be taking some time away from work? Let's quickly hop on a call over over our lunch break, mm. um, which could be quite nice because then it's also, if it is awkward, you can always make the excuse that you've got to get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you feel that you're definitely going to get on, then, you know, make it an evening call. Um, you know, I've actually been setting up people on virtual dinner dates, which has been quite fun because people are actually we're picking dates based on what people are eating for dinner. <laughs> nice. So how can, how can people sign up to this um, kind of pick a dinner date? Yeah. So it's actually called pick a dinner um, on Instagram. So it's pick as in P I C without the K mm. and you just have to DM a picture of your dinner and then we will reply back to you just with a few questions and then put a post out, not with your photo, just a picture of your dinner and a description. And if we've got, someone else that's obviously submitted the profile um then we'll literally put you on a zoom dinner date so you both have dinner at the same time sit there eat dinner together we've talked about the singletons but obviously like people like you and i that are you know in actually there's two things two things i'm going to ask there's one the people that are in relationships but they're not living with that person what should mm -hmm. they be doing to keep that connection but then also the yeah. people that are in relationships and living with that person where you kind of feel like oh I feel like things are getting a bit obviously you you might be a bit you might be busy you might not be depending on what's happening with your work situation but kind of romantically you know you're probably not going on the kind of dates that you would have if you were going on dates you, every day kind of probably seems a bit monotonous maybe so kind of yeah. what should each of those kind of couples be doing at the moment to kind of keep the flame alive mm, yeah good question so um I think with the um the couples that are living apart it's definitely about doing more of those definitely like more phone calls you know more video calls I mean you don't need to just be calling to have a conversation about anything it can just be literally as you're going about in the day do you know what I mean even while you're cooking your meal or having a bath you know you could literally mm. just have them there like talking to them and just I think it's definitely um in fact I even sent one of my clients this uh pack of cards and there's like um there was two actually there was one that's like about emotional intelligence and it's this kind of like card game and you're asking mm. each other lots of different questions to kind of like um build on that kind of emotional intimacy side of the relationship mm. 
And I think that um, doing little things like that, like even just doing, you could do like games opposite. I mean, we've actually got um, some people that are doing like quizzes online as families. Yeah. I think that's so nice. Like if you can get your, um, you, your partner, their parents or something all on like a Zoom call and do a little game together and stuff. Because I think when you see that it's not just about you and that person getting closer, but when the families get closer, that's mm. what creates a stronger relationship. So that's, I think that's one good way. Um, yeah. Another thing for, I guess, for, for, for couples that are living together, it's important, I think, to work out like what kind of schedule you have going on as well. So make sure mm. that you feel, because especially if you've got children and if one of you feels that you're doing a lot more with the child than the other person, you can start to feel a bit resent, resentful. So I think it's really working together as a team now. It's really yeah. that teamwork, isn't it? And seeing how you can work together as a team and actually just figure stuff out. So it's like, okay, great. You're going to do that. You're going to do this today. Okay. I'm going to do that. So sharing chores mm. is really important because when it's just expected that one person is going to do it and every day, day in, day out, you're doing most of the chores, you're going to quickly become really annoyed and it's going to kill any idea of wanting to get intimate with them at the end of the night. Right. Because yeah. you've just literally been, doing everything, feeling like, you know, the housemaid or whatever, you're not going to be feeling sexy at the end of it. So I would say now it's time to go. Let's, let's bustle in together and share chores and actually, and it gives you that feeling of actually we are working together as a team when you are sort of managing the household together really well. Mm. So I think that's important. Um, and I do think it's important as well to actually say, let's create a bit more of an atmosphere when it comes to the evening, you know, you might be both busy working during the day, but let's both have a cut-off point where we say, okay, say seven o'clock, whatever, now this is our time. Let's put a bit of nice music on, let's light a few candles, let's have a bottle of wine, you know, let's just create a bit of an atmosphere um, where it's relaxation zone. I think that relaxation time is really important. Yeah. So even if you've got a garden, you know, I know a couple that said, oh, they're going to set up a date night in the garden. They're going to put little fairy lights out, do a few candles out there, you know, make it like they, they're going out for the night. Yeah. They're going out in the garden. You know, they're not going far, but they're still making that effort to, to create a, a scene and a, an atmosphere. And I think that's, that's what's really important. Mm. And, you know, you know, you could organise, like, you know, indoor or outdoor picnics with your other half. Yeah. You know, you know, the sites on the internet that are still working at flower shops, you can send flowers, flowers to your behalf yeah. as well, you know, like, so that, you know, that's a nice like, little surprise for them, to, you know, just show that you're thinking yeah. of them. I think there's lots of other little sweet things that people can do if they kind of really put their mind to it. And, you know, if you're not living with someone, what's really sweet, because, like, my mum's been doing this nearly every day, bless mm-hmm. her, is, like, dropping little presents off. Um, so it'll just be, like, you know, one day it'll be, like, a lollipop and some chocolates, and then the other day it'll be, like, a teddy and some clothes for the baby, or, you know, and it's been really sweet. Um, and it's brought us closer. And then I've started doing stuff as well, like baking a cake and then, like, dropping it off outside. So I think if you don't live together... <clears throat> And that's another really sweet thing to actually go, I can't be with you, but I'm outside and I'm waving at you and I've just left something on your door that's a, really, that's a present for you, you know? Mm. Like, that would be really, I think that would be really romantic and sweet. If anybody wants to kind of get any more, you know, relationship coaching advice or if they actually want to utilise your services as a matchmaker, what's the best way for them to get in touch? 
Yeah, so um, the best way for now is cupidinthecity.com, um, which is my website for the matchmaking, mainly in the coaching. I'm in the middle of building up a few other websites, so I think soon I'm just going to have one that's just like my name. Sorry, yeah. I don't think that's the one for now. <laughs> um, and also on Instagram, it's Ask Miss Cupid, and that's Ms with MS. Amazing. And um, last question. So if you um, could give your younger self some advice, like thinking about the person you are today and the kind of your history when it comes to relationships and things, if you could give your younger self some, you know, relationship advice, life advice, what would that be? What would you tell? Yeah, I think that I would definitely, um, going back, not that I regret any of the relationships that I've had, because they've all obviously taught me stuff about myself and been really good part of growth and everything. But I definitely feel like I felt the pressure to kind of get into relationships really early on. I feel like, you know, when I was at school, it was like we were 13 years old and girls were kind of putting that pressure on, like you should have already got into a sexual relationship, you should have done this, you should have done that. And I feel like I felt that I needed to go ahead and be in relationships quite early on. So I think from like, you know, 16, being in a really serious relationship with someone who's got a child and, you know, if I wouldn't want my daughters and I, and I resisted my mum so much, you know, because she was really trying to like make that shut it down. You know, she did not want me to be in that relationship. But mm. of course you're young, you're in love and you're like nothing your mum can do to stop you. Um, <laughs> But, you know, having two daughters now myself, would I want them to be 16 dating the guy with a child? No. Going into a relationship when you're too young, whilst there are people that have got their childhood sweethearts and it's really sweet and they go off and get married, most don't. Most it ends up, it doesn't end well. And I think before, if I was to look back, before getting into a relationship, I would just make sure that I set myself up a lot better first, you know. I would have, like, travelled more... Um, just got to know myself a lot better and had that level of confidence. And I probably would have picked better from the, from the offset as well. You know, mm. I got involved with some really bad boys when I was a teenager, like really bad boys. And I, I shouldn't have gone there, you know, and if I would have taken time to just like, just grow, because <laughs> that is what you need to do. You mm. know, um, I would have definitely just like, not even look twice at some of the guys that I entertained in my teenage years. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's definitely great advice because you know when you're young and you start a relationship you think you know this person's the whole world and then once you add sex into the mix as well then you know the emotions grow tenfold and then you know you're yeah. thinking about that other person rather than yourself and there's probably sometimes opportunities that you might not go for might miss out on because you're just thinking about being with that person and when you're yeah. young it should just be about kind of you that's a time where you can be selfish selfish you know go on the holidays go and find yeah. yourself you know throw yourself into studying studying if that's what yeah. you need to do and just think about all the fun things in life that you can do yeah no exactly I, I do feel like relationships really are for adults and <laughs> you know before you're an adult I don't think anybody should really be falling in love <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for all that great advice and i hope those of you listening are gonna um, take it on board and if you do feel free to you know hit us up at the black magic podcast on instagram or hit siobhan up and things and tell us if you use any of the tips and have found a match and so you can catch every episode of the black magic podcast by subscribing on acast apple and all the podcast apps spread the word and share the magic this podcast is produced by unedited